Hello and welcome to Protect Your Copyrights with Red Giant Rights Group CEO, Robert King. On today's podcast, we'll explore a recent memo sent from the president of BMG, Hartwig Masich, in response to racial inequality in the music industry. Robert also dives into contract exploitations using present-day examples. And now, here's Robert King with Protect Your Copyrights. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining our podcast, Protect Your Copyrights. My name is Robert King. I run a company called Red Giant Rights Group. We started it with the older artists in mind, uh, those older artists who were not aware of all of their rights, particularly given to them by the U.S. Congress. And we also assist surviving family members most of which uh, don't have any inclination of their rights. Uh, They were not artists, they were not in the industry. Uh, They have wills, trusts, and estate attorneys handling their estates uh, who know very little, if anything, about copyright law. So uh, we hope that you'll check out all of our podcast episodes and learn what you can Feel free to reach out to me personally, but let's see what we'll talk about today. Right out of the gate, I do want to address something that's going on right now, and that is the recent letter that was sent out by the uh, BMG, uh, memo, sorry, that was sent out by the BMG CEO where uh, he was speaking to his internal workers at BMG and saying that there is a uh, disparity, uh, an unfortunateness, I I, I believe he uses the word shameful, way that uh, uh, black artists were uh, treated when they signed record deals many years ago. So we're going to we're going to talk about that now. I know that this uh this topic is incendiary and I know that there are people with very strong uh emotions around uh this topic and and I have uh, strong emotions. I do want you to know that I am not a black person. Uh I uh I have a tremendous compassion for what is going on in the uh, black community. And, uh, and I've always, uh, you know, I come from uh, a spiritual background and uh, similar to some of the other uh, spiritual people that you've uh, heard speaking over the last couple of weeks. And I was, I was taught that we're all children of God and so the color of somebody's skin doesn't really matter. Uh, and I guess uh, the, uh, the famous quote, the content of the character is what's important. So, but everybody is a child of God. Everybody is created in his image. So if you believe in that, that's, uh, that's what I was raised to believe. So I am, uh, but I am hypersensitive to what is going on uh, right now with uh, in the uh, social uh, atmosphere, particularly around uh, the interaction between uh, black people and uh, police. But what's fair 
is that the CEO for BMG says, we're going to revisit these contracts where there may have been some advantage taken uh, uh, just because of desperation and uh, you know, because <laughs> just think about it. And this, I, I, I think there is a part of this that happens today, frankly, uh, that is a little concerning. But when you're an artist, and I am, I am an artist. I'm a singer songwriter. I'm, I'm, I, I, I have, I have nothing to point to as success. But, uh, but, but I do understand the plight of the aspiring artist. And when you're an artist and you receive uh, you know artists are uh, the personality is we want to create something we want people to like it and we are so desperate for their approval their and their uh, their attention and then if somebody comes along and says hey you're so good uh, I like you so much you're so unique you're so different I like your voice I like what you're saying I like your brand I want to get behind that brand and and push it to the marketplace, and I'm going to give you a pile of money to go help you do that. So that pile of money can be fifty grand, hundred grand, two hundred grand, a million, whatever it is. That becomes very interesting at that time, and uh, many of these artists are young people. Uh, many of them uh, do not have. Uh, a ton of business experience. Uh, they, necess they wouldn't necessarily know uh, a good lawyer um, versus uh, somebody who is not looking out for their interests, um, or or uh, who <laughs> who does contract for both the artist and the record label um, in different scenarios. So, so you just have to you, you have to understand what is going on in that moment for the artist. They so desperately want to be signed. They want a record deal. They want a, you know, the, the record label comes and knocks on their door and all of a sudden it's, yeah, of course, whatever. Oh, and you're gonna give me money. Oh, and fantastic. Okay, so they'll sign this paper, even instructed, even uh, coached or, or uh, counseled, I guess is a better word, by an attorney. They'll sign uh, this paper that, what did Prince say? Uh, that is uh, the, the equivalent of slavery. Um, and, and so uh, that's, that's what we want to look at today is what is going on in that moment and what's in that paper uh what's in that piece of paper what are the terms now the terms today i think are much better but the terms of yesterday which is really what bmg president was was uh was focused on and what his his uh, his memo was about is we're going to revisit these older contracts to make sure that they are equitable, that they're fair. Um, so what was in these older contracts? We have at Red Giant uh, a couple of African-American artists, uh, black artists, who have signed contracts in the 60s, 70s, 80s. 
And uh, these record deals uh, from the 60s, 70s, and 80s are, uh, uh, one could argue, egregious. So here's the concept. Here's the way that I liken it to. I liken it to a bank, right? The record label is similar to a bank. And they, uh, so they're going to lend you money. And so when they lend you money, uh, they're going to take a majority of that, uh, of your business. Uh, and then they're going to expect to be paid back first. But even after you pay them back, they still own a majority, a vast majority of your business. So <laughs> because we've all, not all, but, but many of us have watched uh, Shark Tank over the last 10 years plus, uh, I think we, we're, we're all a little more understanding, not necessarily are we all savvy investors or adroit entrepreneurs, but we, uh, we have a better understanding of why somebody invests in a company and what a, a, a young, uh, budding um, entrepreneur setting might need to have in place in order to seek out uh, this kind of entrepreneur. And so let's, let's talk about, let's think about the young artist like an entrepreneur. They have a business, they have a brand, they're taking the brand to the marketplace, uh, and it's based on their talent, either as a singer or a songwriter. And so they are going to the bank, the record label, the record label is willing to put up the money and sometimes they have experience. Sometimes they have a, rec uh, <laughs> a record, so to speak. Uh, sometimes they have, uh, in, in, in today's age, it would probably be their socials, uh, how many Facebook followers they have or Twitter followers or whatever, Instagram. So, so some of them are brand new and they are just talented. They just uh, the, they they sing cover songs and they sing them great or they sing them in a new and fresh way. Anyway, whatever state they're in, let's take the Shark Tank example. Nobody on that panel that has ever been a shark on Shark Tank would get away with suggesting this scenario. And I guess at some point, I, I, I don't know the genesis. Uh, maybe uh, somebody is out there who is uh, brilliant enough uh, and, and has researched this, but I don't, I don't know the genesis of how, how this all started and, and, and ended up being, uh, uh, you know, the way it is now. But there is not one shark that could get away with saying, okay, here's, here's, I have a deal for you. I'll give you two hundred thousand dollars for ninety percent of your company, and uh, you're going to pay me back the two hundred thousand dollars. And then after you pay me back the two thousand uh, two hundred thousand dollars, I still own ninety percent of your company. I'll uh, I'll fo uh, I'll pay for all the expenses, but you're going to pay me back for those expenses. Now, <laughs> this is what's crazy, is. I'm looking at contracts where the scenario is we're going to do a 90-10 split, for example, 
then these are these contracts are several several decades old. We're going to do a 90/10 split. You're going to pay me back the $200,000 I gave you, whatever that number is. But you're going to pay it back out of your 10%. Not you're going to pay it back out of the we're going to make 200. I'm going to get my 200 back and then we're going to split it 50/50 or 70/30 or 60/40 or you know, 75/25 heavy on the artist and 25% for distribution and marketing. That is not, that would make sense. That is not what is going on. That is not the scenario. That is not specifically why the president of BMG said, we're going to revisit these contracts to make sure that they're equitable. What I'm seeing in these older contracts is we'll give you 50 grand. We're going to take 90%. You're going to pay back the 50 grand out of your 10% first. Any money that we spend in marketing, touring, hard goods, distribution, promotion, any, any, any money that we spend that we allocate to you as the artist, uh, that's going to be, we're going to take that on as a debt applied as a balance to your account, which you can pay down out of your 10%. Meanwhile, yes, the bank forwarded the money, but they're making 90% of the money. Any money that is made, they're making 90%. So then, <laughs> then when you get that, I mean, it's no wonder that you have so many artists that are older, and we deal primarily with older artists, uh, that are, you know, that created art decades, decades ago. Um, some of them have never made money off of their, off of their records. They, uh, some of them still have a balance. Decades later, they still have a balance. They've sold millions of records or hundreds of thousands of records and they still have a balance. So the, uh, the record label is uh, just think about it for a second they'll they'll put up the money they'll take the initial risk but it's a loan that they fully intend to get back and once they get it back they retain the whatever the split is and it's usually you know look guys <laughs> Uh, Taylor Swift is probably getting a pretty good split. Some young person off of the uh, off of the street, uh, out of the club, they're getting ten percent, fifteen percent. You know, a great, a really killer deal is eighty twenty, and that's for the life of the copyright. Which means today, after uh, nineteen seventy eight, today. That is the rest of the artist's life plus 70 years, as I understand it. So, so you're talking about, yes, they made the initial investment, but they've locked in their percentage for, uh, for a very long time. And, and that asset, which they look at all of these as assets, that asset will draw them uh, revenue over a very long period of time. Now, in addition to that, 
one of the sharks would say in this deal, you got to give me five albums before you go get another investor, a different investor, uh, somebody else, uh, or or a whole a whole another deal, uh, to you know, to, if, or start a new company with a different investor. You got to give me five albums before you do that, and. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure all of you know about cross-collateralization, but if you don't, the concept is you have five albums, one's doing great, one's not doing great, and they'll take the uh, profits from the great one. Uh, I'm sorry, not profits. Your 10% from the great one and put it towards the not-so-great one to pay off its debt first before... They pay you, the artist. Meanwhile, making 90%. So this is, uh, I, I, I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. And, and, and there's no way any shark would get away with it now. And unknowing, let's say, uh, business, uh, naive, naive to business artists, young, they are signing these contracts. And I imagine uh, they're even constructed that way, many of them today. Uh, I know that it's a little more equitable because some artists won't put up with it. Uh, so I know that there are 360 deals out there and, and uh, you know, nobody's making money off of CDs anymore or, or hard goods. So, you know, that, that there's a whole, there's a whole other thing going on out there. I get it. But these older contracts that, uh, that we're looking at uh, they are, uh, I, I'll give you, I'll give you some specific examples. <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt. This is Robert King, CEO of Red Giant Rights Group. I want to sh make sure that you know that we are available to answer your questions. Feel free to call me on my cell phone for a confidential conversation. 917 848 Nine nine three four. Again, nine one seven eight four eight ninety nine thirty four. And now back to the podcast. Oh, one of our clients is a uh, rock and roll hall of fame group, and uh, popular in the sixties, and. They signed a deal that is 95-5. Okay? There are four of them, which means it's 95, 1.25 per person. So you're talking about $100, and $100 made off of their music. Uh, the record label makes 95 no, I'm sorry, $100 made, right? $100 cleared after expenses are paid. $100 made. Uh, the record label makes 95 and each person makes $1.25. So, and, and, and they are, again, like I said, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, one of the greatest, uh, obviously, one of the greatest groups ever. Um, and uh, and they have a series of hits. I, 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 I don't if I remember the na the number exactly, but uh, ten plus top forty hits. And 
uh, the artists themselves had made little to no money on hard goods, on the, sa- on the sale of their records ever, on the sale of their music ever. And, uh, and it's heartbreaking when you look at it. And then, <laughs> uh, in a recent conversation with the record label, we notice that uh, licensing isn't even in the agreement. Now, licensing, for those of you who don't know, licensing is this uh, synchronization uh, licensing concept where uh, a, a, a movie uses a song or... Uh, a, a, a show on Netflix uses a song or a television show or an advertising campaign. So that's a called a licensing or synchronization deal. So uh, on the on the on the record label side, it's called licensing. So licensing wasn't even in their contract decades ago. So when their popular songs were used, they took the album rate, which is five percent. They applied the album rate. And so that you know, if you don't already know, licensing, the common percentage for licensing is a split, 50-50 split between record label and artist. Um, that's not always true, but the common uh, percentage is 50%. So the, the this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame popular group uh, of all time, one of the most popular groups of all time, music that is uh, that that is stood the test of time. Uh, last year, uh, I think their their song was used in 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 four different television programs, for example. So it's still being used, still heard. I think one of their songs was actually in um, uh, on American Idol uh, last year. So the point is, it's, a, it's still a valuable product. And right now, they're making 5%. So that is, that's very concerning to us, particularly at Red Giant. We're here to protect the artist. We're here to... Uh, help them and negotiate uh, better uh, better deals if at all possible. Uh, we do use the uh, the uh, intricacies of the Copyright Act to their advantage uh, where appropriate. And and uh, I, one of these times we'll talk about uh, uh, pre nineteen seventy two for for record labels and sound recordings. I can't even we can't even dedicate time today to that. Because it's so uh, it's so horrible and negative and unfortunate and unfair, um, <clears throat> but uh, we'll have that discussion uh, another time. But this one is you're looking at a contract where that original contract is just shameful. I believe is the word that the president used or the CEO used. Shameful. So his effort, uh, his, his gesture, um, his commitment 
to revisiting those contracts, we celebrate. Hallelujah. Fantastic. Um, and I really hope that they'll make a difference. And, and let me, uh, uh, on another one, we'll talk about uh, the Eminem uh, case. Again, I'm not an attorney, uh, but I can give you, you know, kind of my take on it. Um, but uh, or my understanding of it, uh, and break it down in, in, in some something that we all can uh, can chew on. Uh, but the the M and M case, M and M sued because uh, once downloads came on after CDs, uh, they were paying uh, the downloads at a CD rate, right? Which is whatever his rate was. Let's say his rate was twenty percent. I don't know what his rate was. But he's Eminem, so maybe he had a good rate. Or maybe he signed a bad deal because he was a up-and-coming artist and he was on his fourth or fifth album. So he was still at 90-10. Whatever it was, Eminem made the argument that the, uh, the download was a license. And licenses are paid, normally, at 50%. And instead of 10 or whatever his rate was. So, uh, so he... <laughs> So he sued them because he's Eminem, and he he I think they settled. What's interesting is they came back and said this is uh, you know we recognize that this is not appropriate and uh, we're going to make an adjustment uh, company wide, which is fantastic. Um, we're going to change everything from their current percentage to the to a reasonable licensing percentage, 50%. That would have been amazing had they done that for artists. But that's not what they did. And <laughs> and as I understand it, it was settled. So we don't we don't really know, but this is what I understand. They went back and they gave them a 15, uh, 15, it gave all of their artists a 15% bump on their, um, their licensing rate. Okay, so my artists, let's say, let's say one of my artists is it's, uh, at 10%. A 15% bump is 1.5%. That means that my artist went from 10 to 11 and a half. From 10% to 11 and a half instead of 50. So they're still making, <laughs> they're still, instead of 90%, I'm sorry, this, I mean, sometimes it's, I, I can't even, I mean, this is what gets you fired up about trying to help as many artists as you can. Instead of 90%, now they're making 88.5%. So, and, and, uh, and the, the um, record label, I'm sure they felt like it was a grand gesture. So, my point is that these older artists and these older contracts... Uh, if they can be revisited and adjusted, and and when 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 the president talks about an adjustment, I hope that he I, <laughs> the concept of reparations. I hope that he makes a grand gesture uh, that it's not simply uh, placating, uh, that it's not uh, you know simply uh, being 
topical um, or or present to what's going on in the uh, you know uh, what's going on in the news right now. So we're we're going to do something and 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 we'll we'll get we'll increase it by fifteen per ten percent. So we'll, it'll be an extra one percent if they're on a 10, 90, 90, 10 deal. I hope it will be significant. I hope that he will look. Uh, I understand that these guys are capitalists. I'm a capitalist. I don't think there's anything wrong with making money. And I know that they like to make money. But there's also, everybody's still making money. Uh, it's just that the artist is is not making, I, I mean, in in reality, the artist is still struggling. So while the record labels, <laughs> I, th I think somebody said, uh, the 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 record labels have been built on the backs of these um, these artists uh, and these old contracts. So I hope I hope that it makes a significant difference because we could really we could really use it. Uh, the uh, the older artists, some of these uh, some of these older artists, and I think I may have already said this, but some of these older artists are are destitute. Um. Uh, living, uh, uh, you know, if they're not homeless, uh, they're living, uh, you know, with their kids or, uh, you know, they're unable to, they're unable to provide, unless they, uh, unless they have their own, you know, another career, but they have disappeared into oblivion because, uh, um, and even if, let's say, one of my artists, for example, still tours, uh, still does concerts, still performs. Sure, they're being paid to perform, which is which is great, and that's one of the ways that they survive. Um, but not they're not making money off of the sale or the download or the stream. Uh, they are making money. They're not. Uh, it's it's not equitable. And so, the uh, I guess the last point I want to make uh, on this particular scenario is, at some point, the shark would say, "All right, I've made my money back. My costs have been covered. Moving forward." the split will be 50-50, or the split will be 60-40 uh, in favor of the artist, or 70-30 in favor of the artist. In 2020, what are, uh, are we in 2020? 2020? In 2020, that's fair. That's equitable. Uh, that is an investor. Uh, this structure that uh, record labels have made billions and billions of dollars over the past several decades. Um, it's, it is unfair. It is not fair. And for you, for someone like me to go to have these conversations, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they're, uh, they just, they're incredulous that I would suggest such a thing. Um, or, uh, you know, they don't necessarily see my point of view. 
And, and really, my point of view should be uh, everybody's point of view, or a lot of people's point of view. And I appreciate the, 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 what the CEO of BMG is doing. And I really hope that he, um, that he does the right thing and makes a, makes a big difference in the lives of these older artists because they can use it. They can benefit from it. They, you know, some of them are 60, 70, 80, 80. I have several clients who are over 80 years old. And then let me just jump on this real quick. What about the surviving family members? What about the, what about the surviving family, the, the, the wives, the sons, the daughters, the grandchildren that don't know anything about the music business? They are receiving a check, some of them. They are receiving a check. And, you know, that's, uh, I think in Nashville, they call that mailbox money. That not that exciting? We go to the mailbox, and there's money. Well, that's cool. But they don't have any idea that what they are being paid is commonly unfair. And if they've lost their artist, the artist in their family, in the last 10 to 20 years, they still have 50 years of these payments that are coming to them, which is great, but it's 50 years of unfair payments. So one of these podcasts will talk about uh, what Congress uh, put in place to help uh, these artists and surviving family members, uh, the U.S. Congress. And as good as that is, uh, <laughs> we'll also talk about, um, uh, you know, the, the other side of it. It, 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 sounds, it sounds really good, and there, uh, but there are, in the execution of it, there are uh, complications for sure. Uh, but bottom line for today is we have... Um, we have an environment in our present day of going on in society, uh, a worldwide that this is affecting, and and it has brought to light, uh, not to light, it has brought to the fore a, a sensitivity to our interactions with and uh, to the way that we have either taken care of or taken advantage of. Um, in the in this particular case, black singers, and so uh, I hope that every record label will take an honest and uh, retrospective look at their current one-sided lopsided deal that's in their favor and make it more equitable for for th for this older person and their heirs they have made money don't uh, there's uh, you don't need to feel bad for the record label they've made money they've gotten their money back and they have made money <laughs> They've made plenty of money. Uh, it's so funny to me when they say, well, this artist still has a $100,000 balance. 
Yeah, because you're because you're asking them to pay out of their five percent. You made over a hundred thousand dollars last year from your ninety-five percent. So the hundred thousand dollars balance is not it's just not fair. Anyway, I really could talk about this for uh, hours. Uh, I do want to uh, invite you to listen to other uh, podcasts, our Red Giant podcasts, uh, Protect Your Copyrights. And the uh, again, my name is Robert King. I am the CEO of Red Giant Rights Group. We are here to help older artists and those surviving family members who, who at no fault of their own, don't have a, a don't have an understanding or uh, not to be rude, but don't have a clue of what uh, what they're doing or what to do, or if they have a good deal or they don't have a good deal. It, you know, frankly, art, a lot of artists don't understand if they have a good deal or not a good deal. So we're here to help those older artists, and uh, and I look forward to talking about. Uh, more topics in the future. Hopefully you'll have an opportunity to check out uh, another podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Protect Your Copyrights with Red Giant Rights Group CEO, Robert King. For a confidential conversation with Robert, give him a call on his cell phone at 917-848-9934. Once again, that's 917-848-9934. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and be sure to join us next time on Protect Your Copyrights with Robert King. Woo!